0: Guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. So, COVID seems to be back. Uh, on the 11 Dubai show this morning, they said that there's over a thousand new cases in the UAE yesterday. And at Augustus Media in our studios in Dubai, production city, one of our uh, production guys, Richie, who's often involved in this show, tested positive. So, wishing him a swift recovery. Everyone's been vaccinated, but it just was disruptive. So, this week's guest we did over Zoom. Uh, It's a brilliant conversation. Uh, I learned a lot from it. I think it's you know, one of the ones that has been really impressive of late, uh, not that all our previous guests haven't been amazing, but this is I think people will identify it a female founder story, a Dubai story. And one of the things that you know uh, we don't necessarily think of uh, as startups in Dubai is that a lot of founders see it as a place where you can have a global app. you know it's not just Silicon Valley or you know they really do think of, uh, setting up here and staying here as their, uh, as their company expands globally uh, and Dubai has always been their base. And that's what this week's uh, guest uh, thinks about as well. So some common threads and themes of you know how to get the idea, how to get the app to the market and things like that. So enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Really interesting conversation today. We have Shamin Kassibawi. The founder and CEO of Play Date App. So they are uh, conducted an extensive research and conceptualized the idea to launch an app that would bridge the social gap. The aim of the platform is to aid parents and children connect with others of similar interests and play and age groups. So we're going to hear all about how Shamin came up with the app, uh, the social impact of the app. But also we want to, she's an entrepreneur, she's got other businesses, so we want to talk about women in the tech industry uh, in the region and uh, investments in tech as well in the region. Uh, good morning, Shamin.
1: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And thanks a lot for joining. Uh, so yeah, so uh, how are you and, and, and can you tell us a little bit about your company? Yeah, of course.
1: So I'm great. It's Friday, so it's super ready for the weekend. Um, so Playdate is, a, is an app that helps families build a social circle for their little ones. Um, we focus on matchmaking families based on their children's interests, ages. Um, the app, I came up with a concept in 2015, and I've been working on it since, believe it or not. Um, we tend to target the generation who are familiar with creating relationships online. So millennials, Gen Z, they are having kids as we speak. And our users are different scenarios. So we've got, you know, expats obviously moving to a new country, um, kids who are being bullied at school and not creating relationships, kids who have ADHD or suffer from or have a a specific, um, you know, a character that, or even speak a specific language and their parents just want to create that kind of relationship or, um, you know, create a relationship with other families that are going through the same thing. So the kids are kind of in a familiar zone, um, kids who live far from school. Um, so there's different cases. Um, we are very much a Dubai all company. We're very proud of that. We're female led. Um, and we are going to the States as we speak. It's our biggest market to date.
0: Amazing. So do you describe it as a social network or is it a community app? Like how, do you, how do people discover it and how do they get on board with using it initially?
1: So typically, um, people find us when they are looking for play dates. So obviously, I, I, I scored with the name. I got lucky there. So if you're looking for a play date, I get a lot of downloads, for instance, from Singapore, from Hong Kong, other expat cities, um, and people, It's it's more of a social media network. Um, we are, you know, you look at lunch club, you look at LinkedIn, you look at Facebook, all of these things are community lit So yes, we community is a huge aspect, um, but there is no platform out there in the world globally, believe it or not, which is rather disappointing that it's just purely for families to create relationships.
0: And is it the idea that they connect online, but when you say play days, um, uh, Forgive me if I'm a bit out of touch, but uh, I'm not a parent. So, do do parents look to arrange people to find that have similar interests, and then they, they would go somewhere and play together, and in a, in a in a whatever like a, uh, an area which could be outdoor, could be swings, could be uh, could be indoor, could be things like that.
1: Yes. So basically you jump on them, you create a profile for your child and your family, you share as much information as possible. So these are the languages that, you know, my child speaks and we speak, this is where we're from. Um, And then you, and then you get a message from me as a, I'm a newish mom. Um, And then you swipe your profiles then live and then you swipe right swipe left to to match with other profiles, and then you can message them. Um, Now, how you meet up and where you meet up is obviously completely up to you. But obviously, we always recommend meeting somewhere public to start off with. Um, It's usually used by people who are like, say, coming into Dubai or traveling to a new city. And they say have one child and the parents are just unable to entertain this child by themselves. So they kind of link up with other people and various cases, I guess.
0: Amazing. So it, without an app in the real world, uh, you know some of my siblings have kids and this, this happens for them they, they connect with parents in school or they were in sort of parent support groups when they, while they were pregnant and that just extends and then they all meet up in a park and all their kids play together. Is that an extension for this? and you know, uh, really catered for this type of city where, Uh, people are coming here and they don't have their normal friend networks in their uh, countries that they moved from, uh, so they're meeting new people. But do do they not get a lot of this sort of stuff through school anyway, or do you think it complements that?
1: That's a really interesting question because I'm often asked this by investors. We are not trying to take away from the normal way we create friendships through school or the playground or... I mean, where I grew up in New Zealand, there's like local parks everywhere. So naturally, you'd meet other neighbors and and people in the community. We're not trying to take away from that. Just like Uber is not trying to take away from you stepping outside and hailing a cab. All we're trying to do is make the process a little bit easier, um, make it easier for parents who are not so out there you know make it easier for people who want to meet specific type of people people from their backgrounds um, make it easier for like instance I out of all my friends I'm the only mom and I'm very familiar with creating relationships online I'm a very online person as I say, I work a lot and so it would be much easier for me to swipe through an app and then say hey cool okay let's meet up and you know when it's decent weather in, in Suffer Park or in this playground and then the parents would have a coffee or like go to a pool together and then from there you are creating a network you know and then if you like that family obviously they become friends with nice. you if you don't then you you know how it works <laughs> yeah is like so- normal
0: so you're swiping. You're seeing the parent profile rather than the kids. So it is a bit a friendship as parents through the kids. Can you give an example of how it's worked for you?
1: Bless you. Um, so uh, you are you are seeing the child's interests and profile. So for instance, you're seeing their ages. Um, you are seeing their favorite superhero so if it's spider man versus not spider man um for me personally my my babies is almost two and i like to meet families who have kids around the same age um i don't particularly care about their backgrounds or where they're from but obviously i'd love for my daughter for instance to learn a new language so sometimes i like to match with families or kids who have um you know french or spanish or even arabic because Yes, we speak Arabic, but my Arabic is not that great and I'm fully trying to improve it. Um, That's my personal story because, unfortunately, out of all my friends, I'm the only one that has a baby. And so the rest of my friends are still, you know, partying and living. I mean, I try to party, but they're living a completely different lifestyle. So that was my personal challenge. I stepped into this mommy world by myself. I had a... um, a COVID baby, which meant that we were locked up for ages, nervous to go out. So the COVID uh, phase, I guess it was good and bad for us. Investors basically started holding onto their money more than ever. So we did get funded, but not as much as we wanted to. But at the same time, um, the whole, like, and I'm talking globally, New York City, Paris, wherever it is, there was a generation that, have just not managed to create any relationships from the typical things that you mentioned. So like pregnancy classes and and whatnot. It's it basically gave us a yeah. whole generation that are interested in using this app.
0: Interesting. So you came up with the idea seven years ago before you were you had a child. So you kind of preempted this one. <laughs> Um, and when did you actually launch it? And can you talk us through some of the stages of launching First People using the app to, you know, if you can reveal any numbers of how the uptake has been until today?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, see, I love to share the story because I feel like when it comes to tech, everyone wants to get into tech, but it's such a big challenge and every day there is a new challenge and i don't have a take background. i'm very much a communications marketeer brand builder um i came up with a play date in 2015 and it took me a whole year to to find somebody or find a a way to build a beta version um obviously every investor that i was speaking to back then investors were much older they're much more traditional at the time nobody could see it none of them have left their their countries i mean i was born in sudan i was raised in auckland and now i live in dubai i was a refugee as a child i couldn't speak english this app would have been perfect for my family to get to know other families who spoke arabic or um you know networked with other families and i managed to make friends at the end but you know it would have been nice to to get this kind of thing going. And I would imagine that more than ever, this is something that's happening. There are so many more immigrants and expats and refugees around the world. People are traveling a lot more. They're using Airbnb. So it's likely that they would use Playdate. So these are the sort of things that I was trying to tell investors at the time. We've become global citizens. Um, it was a challenge, nobody could see it. So what I did is I took all my savings and we built a beta virgin. Um, it was good enough for me to prove the concept, good enough for me to say, oh my God, people are actually using this. People are actually craving this. And then what I did is, and I wasn't a mom, you're absolutely right back then. I went on every single mommy group on Facebook globally. I researched them and I found them and I took a screenshot of every single mom who was looking for a play date, mom, dad, everybody who was looking for a play date. And there are lots of these people, loads. so I just like gathered up as many screenshots as possible. Um, I then uh, obviously changed some features, added features, removed features. I started off with iOS and then I saved a little bit of more money and built Android. Um, and that was the journey. And, and then I basically just used my PR skills to build as much awareness around it as possible. Um, but I like to take a risk every now and then. So what I did is I opened it up to the whole world to see what would happen. And it was crazy to see the international downloads and most of the downloads were coming in from the States. Now you have to remember, I don't have a tech background and I had no money to hire a team to monitor these numbers. It was literally me looking at things, trying to make sense out of them. Um, So that was the whole of 2017. Um, and eighteen. Sorry, we launched Mother's Day. Of course, the PR and me made me launch on Mother's <laughs> Day in two thousand and seventeen. So that was twenty first of March, that UAE Mother's Day. Um, and then from then, I just is try to understand as much as possible, as much PR as possible, linked up and created as many community events as possible to get to know the mommy scene. That was the whole of 2018 and 2019. So then come 2020, I was ready to get some money Um, and then COVID hit and then I got pregnant. And so I was having investor calls like this with my stomach down here trying to hide it because I was scared that they would... You know, feel that I wasn't, um, that I'll just have a baby and lose my mind or not be capable. You know, you are scared when you are going for your first round of investment as a woman, as a mom. Um, But yeah, I managed to close some money I raised from an amazing VC. They were super supportive. And I took that money. I raised $250,000 and at an evaluation of $2.5 million, which was, I don't know if I should be revealing these numbers. (laughs) (laughs) We cut that bit out. If you're watching, ignore these numbers. But, you know, the raise amount was was very much public. But I took that money and I basically used it all on the product. I upscaled my take as much as possible. Um, I did all the things that I didn't have money to do like, you know, speak to normal consumers and test the product with them and survey people understanding, um, you know, what they liked, what they didn't like. And it was, the findings were really interesting. Meanwhile, we're still growing in the States organically with no marketing budget whatsoever. I'm getting requests from Asia, from Hong Kong, from Malaysia, from Philippines, from Singapore, bring the app here. We want, you know, we want to grow your app here. So... I feel like I'm just going on.
0: Amazing.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, that's answered your question.
0: No, it's a fascinating story. It's brilliant. So I, I think you know what you're putting across there is that you've, you know, because you're the, you're the founder of a comms agency, a, a PR agency, Spread Communications as well, right? And you're doing that in the background. So uh, I, I I take it that you've led with the product first, and it's organic. So people are just people are obviously searching in app stores or are hearing it through word of mouth. And they're, they're using the app and then you're just responding to upgrading features, UX, UI, changing things around. Is, is that kind of what stage you're at? And I assume that was kind of a seed round. So you, you're still really focused on growing uh, the user base. Yes.
1: Yeah, so that was a pre-seed round that I raised. So I ended up closing altogether
0: three
1: three hundred $350,000, $380,000, just under four hundred. dollars um, that was a precede. I really use that money to a build the tech and market test with a little bit of media buying uh, budget. So we are t- testing. Obviously, Dubai is our playground. It's and 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 getting users here. I'll explain a, in a bit. But uh, we were testing in New York City, in the suburbs where fat, young families live, as well as Silicon Valley. These specific areas are known to. To have people who, you know, they've used Bumble, they've used Tinder. It is natural for them to move onto something like this once they have a child. They believe in creating, you know, they even create friendships online. Um, And then we also tested in LA. The customer acquisition in LA, fun fact, is $160. Wow.
0: Wow. That
1: is how expensive LA is, yeah. Um, New York is not much lower, but you know, it's a little bit more realistic because the numbers are quite higher. LA is obviously a really big city, it's super fragmented, so it would have been a little bit harder for us to n- get in there. Um, so now I'm actually in the middle of a funding round, I'm raising four million dollars, and that would be to pilot into New York City like solid you know, hire uh, people who are going to help me to follow the same process I used in Dubai. So in Dubai, we focused on community events. We are very, very much um, in the family community. We love to give back. We love to host events. So we do events, lots of them, at least once, once or twice a month um whereby we get experts to speak to families about the crazy world of becoming you know a a parent um so we do those with brands we do them with nurseries we do them with schools um we also do product sampling at home so imagine you're a mom or a dad you've had a really hectic day and you just get a gift from us so we actually started that again in COVID I was like seven months pregnant <laughs> I knew that it was you know Mother's Day coming up International Women's Day all of these various events and brands couldn't do anything so I literally um as you know PR background I spoke to a few of my PR friends so Unilever came on P&G came on um uh, Johnson and Johnson came on we literally had a bag with pay date on it full of gifts that went out to I first did 50 moms 50 families and then I did 200 families packed by myself <laughs> um so we just basically packed them up and sent all of these amazing gifts out and then we continued testing that revenue model and that was amazing because you know walking through a supermarket at Carrefour, the whole tasting or experiencing a product wasn't it's still not doing well as much as it did prior to COVID. So imagine getting your product inside a home where you know you know the demographic of the family, their backgrounds. Um, so we gave brands a whole new experience of you know publicizing their products, Amazing. and then finally it's the vouchers. We just put a bunch of vouchers on the app. So. What I'm trying to say is, uh, as a product, you go and you pivot. And I'm Richard. You probably know this more than anybody with your experience. You have to pivot and you change things every now and then. But things like COVID actually help you at times rather than hinder your business.
0: Amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, listening to you there, it reminded me of the story of the lady who founded Bumble and 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 Tinder before, in terms of real world marketing getting the flyers out there doing events doing university stuff uh, and you seem to be very good at that but even though it's a digital app and it's trying to uh, add help utility wise for time poor people uh, you're you're still getting out there in the real world but uh, uh, while you're really good at that how do you did you hire a, a co do you have a co-founder a CTO like how did you do the tech do, do you believe in remote working and is your tech and development team spread around the world as well or how, how does that structure work
1: so let's just go to the founder of bumble whitney yeah she is like my biggest hero <laughs> you know i'm i i admire women who just like get out there and do things because it's they really set an example for all of us Great. um that anything is possible and you can do anything and she's a mom she's a new mom as well and I tell you what, once you become a mom, you're like, whoa, all the working moms are superstars because this is probably the hardest job I've ever done. And I I can work. <laughs> I hustle. Um, so it, it take, it's funny that you mentioned this, Richard. Tech is probably one of my biggest pain points. And I think it, as any founder, it's, it's the first thing you need to know and figure out is what am I really good at? And what am I really bad at? And you have to be honest with yourself more than anybody. I know I don't have a tech background. I know I'm horrible at tech. I know like it's not my strength in any way or form. But I know that I'm an amazing brand builder of work on amazing campaigns. So for me, and to, what I wanted to do is build what I call my cartel. I have a cartel around me. <laughs> this cartel is whether it's um, experts, advisors, Um, uh, like investors people who know things that I don't know so initially when I built an app one of the investors co-founders is an amazing um, creative director and that's why my product looks so great he made that he's a he's an amazing product guy he made that happen Um, we did test with a with a a tech company agency um, which wasn't as you know they got us they did an amazing job to get us where we wanted to be but now i'm thinking to myself as i raise these funds am i getting my own tech team am i going to to hire an agency and i really do truly believe in global working i we are a global app and we need to adopt that global operations yes i am based in dubai but currently i'm looking at a tech team in australia and cyprus in um, Egypt, I'm I'm very open on where it is. However, I do focus on hiring women, mothers. Um, eighty percent of my employees have to be women. At Spread, it's actually hundred percent woman. Wow. <laughs> no, it's actually eighty percent. There's a couple of guys. Um, yeah. but it's 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 so important to give that global. And I know it's hard because it's a new era. But having a global team, meaning I my new like plan or the people i want to hire they're based in new york city um my pr my new pr team is based in in new york city and they handle obviously the us um tech i'm still trying to make decisions on that my advisors are based in california so i do calls at odd hours my advisors are ex bumble ex um or currently with match group obviously match yeah. group on tinder happen so i really believe in a global network more than ever. And I'm hoping, you know, some of the VCs that I'm speaking to, they're like, where are you set up? And I don't know how to answer that question because
0: we're global. We work across the globe. Amazing. I think people are, are getting used to that a bit more. But but to ask you that question again, what, do, do you have it, uh, do, you know, for people listening to this podcast, they always like to learn because they're generally startups in Dubai. Did you pick a free zone or did you sort of not incorporate it for a while and just get the product out there in the app store um, but at, at what point did you kind of register the business and where did you choose to do that
1: so i was lucky because obviously i do have the uh, the marketing arm the pr arm so i incubated playdate under that for as long as i possibly could um from a setup perspective because we're global, we had to have a global setup. So we have a holding setup in in BVI, British Virgin Islands, mainly because most of our investors are global, again, and they just want to invest into a holding company. As we set up in the UAE and, and the rest of the world and have physical presence, we're actually looking for uh, probably uh, – DED, but I am also looking at N5, which is the obviously Dubai Media City, and they've got um, the team there are absolutely amazing. Um, and obviously, then you've got Abu Dhabi. The options are just so amazing in the UAE right now. I'm not sure which way I'm going to go, but N5 looks like what you know where I'll probably end up.
0: Amazing, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's you know it's common for people to uh, in the UAE to have uh, their holding company for shareholders either in Delaware or BVI or somewhere like that, or even Abu Dhabi Global Market. But even though you're, you're looking at expansion in the US and New York, um, and this is great to hear, You know that Dubai can still be the place where the app was born. It can still be the sort of, you're not necessarily shifting your HQ or you're staying global, but remote. But, but it will be known as a Dubai app, and you will have your base here to reach other markets.
1: One hundred percent. We are through and through a Dubai app by an Arab, Arab kiwi, I guess, Arab <laughs> um, woman. I'm very big on that. I want the world to see an Arab app make it to the other side rather than the other way around.
0: Love
1: it. Um, so that's basically our vision.
0: Okay. And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, being inspired by other female founders, but it sounds like, and forgive me for being assumptions, but the, you had the odds stacked against you. Uh, you know, the chances weren't in your favor and you've created now like two businesses and you're creating a, a tech business as well. So I'm sure you're an inspiration to many uh, as well, but how, how, what are some of the challenges that you overcame to sort of uh, or what are the lessons you've learned, and how would you attribute this uh, to how you've kind of uh, been successful? Like,
1: see, um, uh, this this is this question is, um, <laughs> I think you're either born an entrepreneur or you're not, because the risk that comes with it, it it makes your stomach turn. You know what I mean? I feel like you either love the excitement or you love to play it safe, which are both great options like I don't see me don't quote me in case I do end up getting a job someday if everything (laughs) fails (laughs) um I don't see me doing like nine to six somewhere and being happy I need that drive like you know the more noise that I get from investors the more I get like this weird drive and energy um you know some of the challenges as you grow even when I started spread are it's like anything every growth comes with various challenges and pain points like I remember I used to be so emotional like if a client wasn't happy with something I'd get really like hurt about it and I knew this is something that I had to work on I had to be like okay like spread is one thing and Shamim is one thing he's not telling me They don't like the dress. You know, the client is not saying they don't like the dress I'm wearing. Therefore, it's a personal offense. They simply, they're not satisfied with the campaign because of challenges we face. I just have to explain to them. So, you know, you learn to be very matter of fact. And I started uh, working for myself when I was 24. Now, that was a stupid mistake because I had bills to pay and I had no trust fund supporting me. But thankfully, I'm still eating, which is great. I'm still surviving. (laughs) Um, But I I definitely think it's taking that risk and taking it when you're younger. Like, I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't have done what I did at 24. I had a car loan. I had an apartment. And I still just went off on my own. I got a trade license. Um, You know, the regular payments, for instance, from clients, uh, your confidence, people trusting you, Rocking up and, and and making sure that, you know, I, I love PR and brand building. I think I was born to be a publicist and to build brands. I really, like I do it with my eyes. shut. It's my hobby. People ask me, what are your hobbies? I'm like, I like working. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think whatever you my best advice challenges are obviously the list is never anything, but I'd like to focus on more of a positive note, whatever you love to do, whatever your passion is. That is what I always tell entrepreneurs to do because you'll be doing it twenty four seven. Being a woman doesn't doesn't help because it comes to responsibilities like being a mom, the mommy guilt. Now that's a whole new ball game that I've just got to learn about twenty four months ago. But you know, getting through it.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Um, it's, I, it's interesting how you described it as a mistake going early, but. But you know, people can do that in a later stage in life as well. But it is a huge risk, isn't it, to sort of jump into something? And then, how you describe the sort of um, personal uh, way that feedback might be received, and your sort of self-awareness and emotional intelligence to kind of deal with that um, and sort of channel that in the right direction. But you know, for for the love of of comms and brand building. Um, do, Do you prefer that than the tech side and the, you know, because I guess the question is, you know, there's a lot of, um, right now in the tech world, uh, there's a lot of question marks over profitability and uh, the venture space, right? And, you know, I like how you incubated the app and that you you almost sort of did it organically. Do, Do you feel that you needed to raise money or, you know, could you have continued to run PlayDate in the same way that you built your first business?
1: Uh, I had this debate. Like, you can tell, from your questions, I can tell you're an entrepreneur. Richard. Your questions are just so, um, You I, these are questions I ask myself every day. And here's the thing, I can go ahead and build PlayDate by myself without getting funding, without getting a team of tech, without. but it's going to take me 20 years to get to where i am to where i want to be it will be a lot much slower process and it opens the door for competition remember there's a whopper and there's a big mac anybody can make a burger right and that's the thing that's the risk you take on if you want to go ahead and and run build your own business without a vc for me i wanted to speed that up but so, you know, there's two things. When you get investors, you get second brains who are just as invested in you to bounce ideas from, to guide you. Because, like, I'm sure you would agree, entrepreneurs don't know everything. And we need guidance. We need a second, you know, somebody from, from the outside to give us feedback. Um, P- Brianne Brindle, brand building and PR are amazing you know, it's, an, it's been an amazing career. I'm still in it, I still oversee spread very much. I love what I do, but social impact is everything. So my vision is for every family to feel like they belong, every family to connect yes. and, and be part of a community, every child to have a friend. As you get older, I feel like social impact becomes a lot more important. Um, to any business, I want more women to get into tech. I want more Arab women to get into tech and have the confidence to, to say, step up. And, and obviously I have a black background, so I want more black and minority, is to more diversity globally. So, you know, when I look at myself, I feel like I represent so many segments. So a woman, a mom, a Muslim, I'm Arab, I'm black. And, and to have that kind of background, you have to rip all of these people and make them feel like they can do it as well. whether you're sitting in, in Ghana or in Sudan or in, in, in Palestine or in Syria. Like we're do, you know all of these women. I, I want to give them job opportunities. I want to help them work remotely. So I feel like social impact has become more important to me as playdate has been growing.
0: Amazing. Uh, that's a really strong vision, and yeah, I, I get that. It's not necessarily a criticism. It's just to, de- to understand the decision-making process of how to scale it um, and to react to where people are downloading. But trying to sort of scale it regionally as well and empower similar people in the region. Uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, what about uh, being a female founder in terms of you know y- you've you've gr- you worked here. You've set up a business here, and I think we all know that the Western perception of opportunities for females, especially in the UAE, is false. That females have a great opportunity, and it's as gender diverse as, as possible. I don't think we need to go into that one. But what I wa- what I want to ask is, as a, as a someone raising investments, uh, did you from regional VCs? Did you feel that people like hiding the the pregnancy? Did you feel that people weren't taking you seriously as a female and was that different if you spoke to vcs in other parts of the world
1: look i think our best tech startup in the region we're growing and we're growing very quickly but i definitely think that for instance silicon valley and new york city they're much more ahead of us and they like to take risks remember fintech healthcare real estate these are all sectors that are generally known to sort of uh, boom in in the middle east right i think it's not about it wasn't about my my me being a woman i think it's also about my business right so they're like oh cute little matchmaking making out for families like okay this is a community and if you think about it, most businesses that are blowing up right now are all community-driven, so Airbnb, Facebook, uh, Uber, Kareem. Also, I Open think that one of my biggest yeah. challenges is that there is nothing to compare it to. Like, if, you know, Kareem had Uber, so investors were like, oh, yes, I get that, cool. A- again, another, another challenge I've got in my region is that most of the investors and decision-makers are actually men. So, and traditionally in the Arab world, as an Arab you know, the play dates and things like that are actually managed by the mom. So I feel like my challenges were completely different. Um, I definitely think that there is a lot more female decision makers in the West when it comes to investments. Um, And I definitely think that play date has been... We've been seeing a lot more downloads in the US because also the the users, no matter what age they are, they're just a lot more open to creating relationships online. It's not to say that our region is not as open. No, it absolutely is. And there's thousands of Arab mixed background expats like myself out here. And there's a lot of Western expats, but I definitely think the numbers are much higher in the US. We will always be in Dubai. Dubai will always be our home, but it's just that, we have a a huge chance of growing much faster in a market like the U.S. So
0: you you didn't think it was um, something that made it harder? You would have got as many no's as a male founder for this app as you did as a female founder.
1: Yeah, I think if I was a man, I would have got a lot more yeses, honestly. And even if you look at my investors now, like mostly our Global investors. Okay, and even now, when I'm going for this round, it's more global investors.
0: Okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, uh, so, but, but on the regional thing, uh, you know, what what do you think it will take for mums in in the Gulf, in Levant, in in Sudan to download this app and to use it? Do you think it's it's a factor of you know Arabizing the app, marketing, or are we are we stages behind in terms of actual economies and digital uh, penetration and things like that?
1: Oh, absolutely not. I think I think that the minute the app is available, moms will start using it. Now, it is available, but remember, I have no budget to do any proper marketing in like Saudi or... I actually meet... And I obviously talk a lot, and I have a lot of I I have a lot of networks, and I meet a lot of people. I've met amazing Saudi women who would use this in a heartbeat. Emirati woman, Omani, Lebanese. Um, I had a Lebanese influencer reach out to me and say, uh, she's based in Abu Dhabi. She has loads of like followers. New mom has a baby, and she was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Like how? But there, I I don't see anyone around me in Abu Dhabi because remember. Uh, because I haven't had a lot of budgets, I've been restricted to focus only on Dubai. And I think the other thing is, it's—I don't think it's about the consumers. I think it's about the investors taking a risk. So most investors' feedback would be, "Hey, we just want to see a little bit more traction. How do I get more traction if I don't have any money to raise awareness? There's only one of me trying to create all of these events and and
0: secure opportunity.
1: This is a problem. What came first, the egg or the chicken? Like." How do I get your numbers? <laughs> yeah, without a team.
0: <laughs> but but so on market entry, you know, do you follow the data points like New York, or are you kind of going? Um, I'm just going to let this. I'm going to make this available in every app store and see what happens. Or are you more strategic about it? I'm going to do the events in Dubai first as a marketplace. Uh, you know make it available, but hope that there's people to match and then Abu Dhabi, and then pick cities like that. Is that how, you know, as part of this, say, this next round, are are you writing down which cities you're going to put that effort in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Dubai will always be our bread and butter. Obviously next door is Abu Dhabi, so that's an even charger that's easier to get into. Uh, Funny, speaking of Abu Dhabi, I had a young Emirati doctor a new mom also reached out to me and tell me like a crazy amount of followers in Arabic. She, she was speaking to me. She's like, I love the concept. I told my husband, this is an amazing concept and I wanted to do it, but I never got around to it. Nice. So this is just to show you how, you know, the young, the new GCC and Arab generation are just, they're coming up with amazing ideas, but I feel like the VCs and the investors is what's, shutting us down um but um so yes i'm gonna go city to city we will continue with what we're doing in dubai and get our process i'm a very process driven person get our abcs right and so therefore there is a manual and there's a book where then i hire the marketing and brand manager who's also hopefully a mom in new york city to do the same thing and basically adapt it so we would do the same community events remember and 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 um in New York City, we'd be looking at like the local community parks because obviously you've got access to them most of the year. I want to introduce this kind of Zoom calling. So if you're in Paris and you're uh, and you want to connect with a child in Vancouver, for instance, you both speak French and there is like snow or lockdown or whatever, you can have Zoom play dates. Obviously, this is ideal for the eight and nine year olds. Um, but yes, definitely city to city. Keep it very tight. Keep it very targeted. And then that's how we plan to grow.
0: Interesting. And what about uh, monetization? What's the business model?
1: Yeah, so B2C naturally. So um, subscription uh, of uh, $4.99 per month and then um, we have a huge B2B aspect one of the biggest challenges I've always had in my career dealing with um, campaigns for brands is reaching families at home obviously use the influences model you use the media, you use every single model but there's never been a straightforward model of getting the products at home or you know hosting events and inviting real consumers to the event who are actually going to go to California next day and purchase your product so we have sampling, direct, measurable, targets something for homes we have vouchers um, that you can give us for the app and then we have events so like say pumpers want to host 500 moms who in Saudi in jeddah who have kids between this age and this age um, for like you know a play date and then it would be like a Pampers sponsored event or a brand campaign event so these are just some of the things that we have obviously we'll come up with more but for now these are the models that I'm testing. And tested.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, interesting. So I, I like the structure. So you, you'll do that. You'll base it in Dubai. A lot of females involved in terms of uh, the team. You'll have uh, the kind of remote tech team. But each market you enter a bit like Uber, the first hire you make is a kind of a brand manager in the market. And you don't you don't have huge office costs or huge team costs. You just kind of have one person who can Uh, you know, who can feed back to the product team, but also organize these events locally. Uh, So that's the kind of main structure of how you expand, yeah?
1: A hundred percent. One of also like really tapping into the community. So just like you said, Whitney used to throw university parties. We want to go to moms in the Springs, for instance, and say, hey, here's a voucher to Mall of Emirates, right, for 500. Can you please, um, you know, host the play date for us? host, a, a, a invite three or five of your friends, maybe at the park in the Springs. And therefore our marketing budget is also going towards the community. It's sort of like, you know, giving back in every possible way we can. It, by the way, it doesn't have to be a mom. It can be like two parents or a dad or whatever it is. But it's kind of like, obviously we can do this in cities like Dubai because it's a lot safer. But in, in the US, we'll have to figure out how we would do it. We'd have to get advice from the local market.
0: One of the kind of bigger industry topics, more theoretical thing around social networks, is this uh, is this perception around growth at all costs versus what what you're focusing on is social impact. But how do you how do you marry the two? How do you get the growth uh, without having some negative impacts? Like you know, to to grow communities. You know, sometimes it's perceived as a negative term, but there needs to be some growth hacking. The app needs to be sticky. There needs to be notifications. There needs to be some stickiness to the app. How do you make those product feature decisions uh, without sort of, uh, you know, and and data and privacy uh, by continuing to put the user first and the social impact, um, you know, and grow enough to kind of keep the investors happy as well?
1: So lucky for my investors, I did all of this testing on my own money and my own time. Um, I saw a drop because for instance, I would jump on there, make some friends, and then why would I get back on it? It's not like, you know, it's not going to work out. <laughs> like other apps, <laughs> um, you it's not a volume game. It's, it's about relationship building. So once you've got your little crew, why would you go back on? And I've seen this happen. Um, and so now I have new features that... I will use some of the money from this round to build so features that will make the app more of a community. So, for instance, you know the younger generation are no longer interested in Facebook; they're interested in TikTok, right? So, what we want to give them is a platform where they can chat to other families. So, my baby wakes up in the middle of the night, and I jump on there saying, "Ladies, or my own guys, or families, we have to take into account that families are have a different." makeup around the world it doesn't you know it's not mommy to mommy perhaps um and so you'd go on there and you say hey my child is not sleeping can anyone help so mom in new york because obviously app she would comment and give me some tips so you're creating that forum community effect and that is what's going to make it sticky we have other features that are coming up that will help continue to keep my users on but i've definitely seen these challenges and that's the thing like i tell investors i have done this i've done all the mistakes on my own time and money so I know exactly what I'm doing now. It's it's just a matter of getting the right support. So
0: so you so you're definitely on this sort of tech as a net positive uh, mindset. Like you you agree with that, and you think that there is opportunities for more social networks, a bit like uh, Match Group and, and and what they're doing. Like you think that social networks, community apps can have a, a positive social impact, and you think we're going to have a lot more of them, and we're not going to have all this negative publicity that Meta have had and, and, you know, this sort of last 10 years of like all of the things that social media has done wrong, you think we can improve on that?
1: I think belonging to a community is very important. So yes, of course, I think like you, investors love money, but I think for me, because social impact is so important, I think there's a way to make things meet. And I think just to answer that last question of yours, I think consumers have become very smart. They know when companies are, you know, taking them for a ride, using their data, et cetera, like other social media apps have done in the past, but they also care about a story. They care about sustainability. They care about what is this person doing? What is their story? And I think more than ever, Whether you're a tech brand or a startup or any any brand, I think having keeping that in the mind of your in the in the back of your mind is super important. So what what social impact? Like if you look at the UN, the UN have a list of I think um, objectives or um, goals. Um, So go on there and see what what your company can do for me. I've chosen gender equality. I think it's so important for founders to take that into account because it gives their Investors may not like it, but your customers are smart. They're smart and they know what to do now to just look things up really quickly.
0: Amazing. Uh, it's a really interesting story. Uh, thank you for sharing it. I assume that it is open to dads as well. Like fathers can use the app. It's just run by mums.
1: No, I have a lot of single dads on there. So yeah. when <laughs> this is, I've learned so much from my various accounts that I see. A lot of couples, when they stood up, the the friends go with one, one and typically it's the mom right because all yeah. the wives are <laughs> controlling things. So dads are having when they have the kids they have to set up play date. So yeah, dads are on there.
0: Amazing. Shamin, thank you so much for sharing the story. Uh, it's really interesting. I can identify with a lot of what you're talking about and it's, and it's great to see a success story out of Dubai. I wishing you all the best in the future and we'll definitely download and follow uh, playdate. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Richard. Take care. Bye. That was super fun. Really good conversation uh, with Shamin. So her PR agency is called Spread Communications in Love and Dubai. I worked with them a lot over the years and it's just fascinating to see how she kind of juggles everything and gets that uh, gets Playdate off the ground as well. Uh, do check it out, do download it in the App Store, Playdate app. Uh, it's cool branding, it looks global. Uh, And uh, yeah, uh, great story there. Uh, Thank you to Ali uh, for producing this show, Uh, all the video, all the audio. Uh, He's kind of uh, on his own today because some people are leaving, some people are working from home given that COVID uh, situation that we have. Uh, If you like that podcast and that interview, we've got similar shows at the moment on Smashy TV. So one with Lulu Chasm, uh, Conversations with Lulu. uh, So it's in the second season. And Lulu does a great job being an entrepreneur herself with interviewing lots of the top uh, entrepreneurs across the region. And there's another one called Business is Personal with Dr. Corey Block. Uh, So more about the uh, leadership style of business as well and empathy and how uh, the the guests and the leaders that he speaks to deals with business situations. Uh, They're all available on smashy.tv or download the app or watch it on your smart TV. Uh, This is, of course, uh, a podcast as well, so if you're listening on Spotify, NGAMI or Apple or anywhere else, uh, please do like, subscribe and share, Uh, suggest any uh, guests that you'd like on. Usually, uh, Shahir, we work with about, you know, we usually have about the next sort of five, six, seven, eight guests lined up and uh, we have them every Friday at 11am, but if you'd like to, if you're traveling this summer, still get in touch now Uh, because we're booking sort of August, September guests at the moment. Um, I'm looking forward to chatting to uh, people that uh, can share their Dubai story as a founder or a a CEO or uh, someone who runs a business here in the UAE. Uh, Thanks and looking forward to chatting again next week.